They Read Me Like a Book. This is written by Father Patrick Colgan, Hong Kong. As I come to the end of my time as a member of the General Council, I've been thinking to put on paper a few thoughts and feelings as I also leave my friends who happen to be prisoners in Hong Kong's correctional services institutions. I became first interested in prison ministry in Fiji, where I often celebrated Sunday Eucharist with inmates at Korovu Suva Jail. I also occasionally went to Naboro Maximum Security and then Nukalor Island Prison on a small and often rickety prison boat where the 2006 Fiji coup leaders were being held. One, a special forces soldier, was the brother of one of our seminarians. Another was the infamous George Spate, leader of the Fiji coup of 2000, in which he and an elite unit of Fiji's military detained 36 members of parliament and held them hostage from May 19, 2000 to July 13, the same year. Conditions in all these places were basic or less than basic. Generally, relationships between prisoners and guards were friendly and informal. Paradoxically, this existed with bouts of extreme torture. I remember bringing my disgust and anger at the beating to death of a Catholic inmate to the acting commissioner of prisons, which led to some resignations and staff transfers. Coming to Hong Kong in 2012, knowing that my ignorance of Cantonese was going to limit quite radically my ability for pastoral outreach within the diocese, I thought to volunteer for prison work in the expectation that I might meet three or four English speakers, local or foreign, with whom I could converse and perhaps minister to. Imagine my surprise, therefore, when I encountered not three or four, but almost 1,000 foreign inmates spread over the five prisons I was authorised to visit, many of whom, having heard I was a Catholic priest, came crowding around me, shaking my hand vigorously, telling me they hadn't seen a padre for years. They had a lot to say. When are you saying Mass? Can you hear my confession? Can you phone my wife? Can you buy me a dictionary? Can you sponsor my child's studies? And much more, not necessarily in English, but Spanish, French, Hindi, Indonesian, Tagalog and various dialects of Chinese. I came home to the General Council House quite overwhelmed and wondering if it was wise for me, given my other duties, to go any further with this ministry. How could I possibly do it? Where would I find the time? Maybe these people's concerns were really not my problem. I wrestled with these thoughts for a number of months and eventually decided, well, if I am going to do this, I will do it wholeheartedly. One of the first tasks was to try to learn some Spanish, as almost a half were Colombian, Mexican, Peruvian and other Latin and Central American countries, drug mules. The other half, with some Asian exceptions, were African, so I had to get my high school French out of a much forgotten corner. Because it's such an open-for-business global hub, Hong Kong attracts wealth with all its glamour and corresponding underbelly of money laundering and people trafficking. Also unique among its southeastern Asian neighbours, it has no death penalty 
and is a signatory to the United Nations Declaration Against Forcible Return to a Location of Persecution. Both factors, allied with the desperation of many millions of African and Latin American poor, contribute to the high incidence of drug trafficking. There are syndicates in most South American nations, often headed by Igbo Nigerian, with locals who send mules to Asia via Johannesburg, Dubai, Addis Ababa and Bangkok. They arrive in Hong Kong with their stomachs or suitcases loaded with capsules. The chaplain's group, Nomas Mulas, Voice for Prisoners, to which I belong, has gathered much evidence that a significant minority of immigration officers and Hong Kong airport police are complicit in this ugly industry to the extent that they accept tip-offs from the local drug lords about who will be arriving with illicit drugs on what plane. Good press and promotions follow, everyone, of course, knowing that for each mule apprehended, nine more walk through undetected. Efforts to meet the Security Bureau or the Hong Kong Legislature on this issue have so far proved unsuccessful. Three years ago, Father John, an Australian oblate, began a campaign whereby if a foreign drug mule writes his her story and assents to having it uploaded to newspaper blogs of his her country as a way of warning others not to fall into the same trap, he or she may receive a reduction in sentence. If one of our group then produces this evidence in court, some judges give a reduced sentence. Father John has also personally visited most South American nations, three South African and four East African nations, and ten in Latin America, to press home the same message to any media outlet or government official who agrees to meet him. The results of this campaign, which should be funded and executed by Interpol and not Catholic clergy, have been impressive. The number of apprehended African South American mules has decreased year by year since 2014, even as arrivals from Malaysia, Indonesia, Pakistan and Bangladesh have mushroomed. And no doubt the cartels have adapted to changed circumstances and will continue to do so. In leaving this work and these relationships, there is sadness. I have been enriched challenged, frustrated, infuriated by prisoners and guards, and the system. Mostly I have felt humbled by the faith and humour in adversity of this marginalised group of people. I have laughed with them, sometimes cried, had my broken foreign languages patiently corrected and been asked for a blessing by Pakistani Muslims, Orthodox Jews and Ethiopian Copts. Once or twice, at a time perhaps when dealing with difficult general counsel decisions, a prisoner would say to me, Father, you are not happy today, something is wrong, would you like a prayer? They read me like a book, and I love them. May God protect them, send them better people than me as ministers, and help all of us to work for a world where poverty, migration and violence do not force people into carrying substances that harm countless other lives. That article written by Father Patrick Colgan 
was a member of the Columban General Council until August 2018 and is currently on sabbatical.